0: Hey, Naturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And we are finally, finally, finally back after what seems like forever An eternity? Yeah.
1: Well, maybe we should give a brief explanation here, because this has been quite an odyssey. So what was the first thing that happened? Your kid destroyed your laptop, right? Yeah. Unintentionally.
0: Unintentionally. Spilled, like, an entire glass of water on it. I tried to give it a rice bath, but like it was it was not coming back, so that happened. Laptops are expensive, so it took me a hot minute to be able to buy a new one.
1: Then you finally got a new one, and it didn't work.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I ordered one, got it in the mail, didn't work. So I had to actually like drive my ass to the Apple store to exchange it, and then that one worked. And then we were set up to record last weekend.
1: And my computer wasn't working.
0: Yeah, we had like (laughs) super major technical (laughs) difficulties. But we missed our two-year anniversary. I know. During these. And you guys might notice something a little bit different when you're seeing us. On the socials in your podcast queue, we got some new cover art. Thanks to my good friend Nick Griner. You can find him on Instagram.
1: Nick, you are amazing, buddy.
0: He's so amazing. I love it. I remember when we were first starting the podcast, and I was asking him to design like our first cover art, and I had this like super weird, um, just like scratch like chicken scratch idea of what i wanted and like it was not very well done at all and he made it come to life and it's awesome
1: yeah good job nick
0: yeah so thank you thank you to all of you listening who have just kind of like stuck around through the last couple of years and through all of our technical difficulties and i can't believe it's been two years I know. It feels like a lot longer.
1: Oh, does it? To yeah. me it feels like it's like only been a few months.
0: <laughs> oh no, it feels like we've been doing this for like 7 years, but in like a good way.
1: A good way. Yeah. yeah. What do you say shall we get today's case started?
0: Yeah, let's get into it.
1: This is also a case that actually is ongoing right now and I'm guessing you've probably heard at least bits and pieces of this one, Emily. It's pretty prevalent right now in the media. It's now been over a year since the death of 39 year old Eric Richens, a married father of three from the state of Utah, who unexpectedly and mysteriously died last year. Now, Eric was an admired father, a beloved coach, an avid hunter, and an all around expert of everything kind of outdoors related. By all accounts, he was just kind of a great human being. And neighbors would later say that he had the best laugh in the entire town of Camas, Utah, which is a small suburb around 40 miles east of Salt Lake City. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody where their laugh is just infectious. Oh, for sure. He was one of those people. Unfortunately, Eric was found unresponsive in his bedroom in March of 2022 and was later pronounced dead at the hospital. And while members of the small town of Camus initially believed Eric's death to be accidental in nature, that quickly changed when rumors began to spread that Eric had been worried for over two years that he was being poisoned. This is the story of the suspicious death of Eric Richens. Eric was born on May 13, 1982 to parents Jean and Linda Richens. He was the oldest in his group of siblings and had two younger sisters, Katie and Amy, which both of them will come into our story a little bit later. Eric was born into one of those families that you often see in small town America. They wielded a lot of power in their community and had a lot of respect, so much so that many of the town of Summit Utah's buildings and streets were named after the Richens but it wasn't like people resented them or anything for all intents and purposes they were beloved members of the small community but it just kind of paints a picture of the family he grew up in Mm -hmm. and he also grew up playing a lot of sports learning the family trade which was cattle ranching and like the majority of people living in the state of utah he was a member along with his family of the lds church also known as the mormons when most mormon men come of age they do a mission trip to different parts of the world and eric went to mexico where he helped build things for the local population down there and also learned spanish in the process he actually later minored in Spanish at the University of Utah and majored in international studies. I also discovered that it was around this time that Eric met and eventually married a woman named Julie Jorgensen. It was later said that the reason Eric made his second wife, Corey sign a prenup was due to the bad experience he had with Julie. I guess their marriage only lasted four years and they divorced in 2009. Mm -hmm. Which, as we've been hearing a lot about this story in the media the last couple of weeks or so, I didn't even know that he was married previously. Just as a side note, sadly, while I was looking into his first marriage, I learned that Julie actually died two years after their divorce in a fiery car crash when she was apparently rear-ended at an extremely high speed. So she's been passed away since 2011. Wow. And despite having the setback of a divorce at a young age, Eric was a driven guy. And it was just a short time later that he and his best friend Cody Wright started their own business together. Called CNE Masonry. Being a contractor, Eric undoubtedly had to make a lot of trips to the local Home Depot. And that's where he met Corey. Now, Corey was a bit younger than he was. And I guess it was just a known thing in the small town of Camas, Utah, that she was the most beautiful girl in town. And it took Eric a while to work up his courage. But he finally asked Corey on a date, and the two almost immediately became inseparable. In fact, after just a few short months together, they became engaged and were married shortly thereafter.
0: What if we learned in this podcast, you don't have a whirlwind romance and get married after just a couple months? It's not a good idea.
1: Yeah, very rarely do you hear that working out for people. Like, how often? I've heard about people getting married, you know, on a drop of a dime like that. And I can't remember it working out for any of them. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I got engaged after just six months of being with someone and we didn't even make it to the marriage part, thank God. So, Sam. One item of note here though we already briefly touched on this, but I wanted to elaborate. The day before Eric and Corey were married in 2013, Eric's mother, Linda, approached Corey with a prenuptial agreement. Now, I can imagine that Corey was maybe a little out of sorts when this happened because kind of out of place for, you know, your future husband's Mother to be handling the prenup details.
0: Yeah, that's weird.
1: I mean, usually couples deal with that themselves if they do a prenup. Yeah, you know, they deal it with it themselves and a lawyer before marriage without dragging their family members into it. But Eric's mom explained because of everything that had happened in his first marriage, she was just looking out for him and. Eric had done pretty well for himself. His business, C and E Masonry, was making bank, and the prenup was de- devised to protect his assets that he had already made in his business. Now, this prenup stated that neither Eric nor Corey would have any rights to present or future assets from the other if they were to get divorced. However. They would be granted those assets if one of them were to unexpectedly pass away. Mm-hmm. And Eric's business was included in these assets, which at the time was allocated at about $2.5 million. At the time of his death, I, I believe it was over $3 million. So on paper, Eric and Corey, I would say, had a picturesque American marriage. They had three beautiful children, a nice home, lived in a safe community, surrounded by family and the friends that they loved. And for the first few years of marriage, everything seemed to be going pretty great. In fact, Corey actually left her job as a cashier at the Home Depot, and I guess she became a pretty successful realtor in her own right selling some of the priciest homes in the Salt Lake City metro. Oh. And even though Eric was a busy guy, running his masonry company and doing everything else, he was still said to be an amazing father. The couple had three boys. They were all pretty close together in ages. And Eric was a devoted dad who coached all three of them in multiple sports and often took them out hunting as well. But in 2020, that's when things began to get a little weird. I guess that actually that's when things began to get a a, a little weird weird for everybody in
0: 2020.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much everybody on the planet, thanks to COVID-19 and all of the lockdowns. But before the whole world was shut down, I guess Eric and Corey were able to take a romantic vacation together to Greece.
0: Mm, I would love to go to Greece.
1: Greece would be amazing. I heard they have really good food there and obviously all the history, you know, with like the Parthenon and all that stuff too. So while they were in Greece, Amy, Eric's younger sister, got a call from him one night. Now, she thought this was kind of strange because although her and her brother were pretty close, she wasn't expecting a random call from him while he was half a world away. As they had already discussed that he would be checking in with her when he got back home to Utah. I don't know if she was watching the boys or what, but so she gets this call from him and he seemed aghast. He told Amy that, Corey had fixed him a drink earlier in the day and after he finished it, he became extremely sick. And even though the two had a seemingly perfect marriage, Eric had this almost inexplicable feeling that Corey had poisoned his drink.
0: Hmm.
1: Pretty serious allegation, I would say. Yeah. I mean...
0: Especially because he didn't say that like their marriage, like they were having problems or anything. Not that I know. Of. Yeah,
1: maybe he had confided a few things to his sister previously. I'm not sure about that, but I don't know if if I were on a romantic getaway with my significant other, I almost don't even remember what those are like anymore. But if I were and I got sick, I don't think I would directly. Insinuate that she had poisoned me. Right. I would probably think that maybe it was the booze, something in the water. You're in a foreign country. Yeah. Maybe it was a dirty glass, something like that. Anything other than her trying to poison me. That wouldn't be my go to. Right. That would be pretty far down the list.
0: Right. So it makes you wonder, like, what was going on that, like, that was the logical explanation for him.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what I have in my notes here. I was going to say, leads me to believe that maybe there was something going on between the quote-unquote perfect couple that we aren't privy to here. Yeah. Whatever it was that happened during that trip, Eric ended up recovering and never mentioned his suspicions to Corey. And the two went back to Utah. But I got to think, even though... He may have thought that maybe he blew it out of proportion or maybe imagined it, that there was a lingering feeling in the back of his mind that Corey did, in fact, try to poison him. Mm -hmm. And that feeling would begin to grow as time went on. Although Eric didn't mention to Corey that he thought she may have poisoned him, he did take a few steps to ensure that his assets went to the right place in case he were to unexpectedly kick the bucket. Later in 2020, he drew up a new living trust without telling his wife. In the trust, he transferred his homes, personal property, vehicles and his share of the masonry business into this new trust and also made his other sister, Katie, a full controlling partner over the trust should he pass away. At least from an outsider's perspective, not really much happened in the next two years of the marriage in terms of like red flags. Who the hell knows what was going on behind the scenes, but... In 2022, Eric again began voicing his suspicions that Corey may be trying to kill him. They had been fighting for months about whether or not to buy this large mansion in a nearby town of Midway that was for sale. Corey wanted it, and Eric thought it was a risky investment and kind of a waste of their personal funds. Yeah, Corey wanted to buy the home, renovate it, and flip it for a bigger profit. But Eric was kind of conservative with his money. He was pretty hesitant about this, as it cost $2 million, and in his mind, not exactly the right thing to be investing in. Another weird thing that happened that year, just a few months before Eric's untimely death, actually, was that his business partner, Cody Wright, received a notification that Corey had logged in to the company's insurance policy and taken Cody off of it, making her the sole beneficiary aside from Eric on the policy. Say it with me. Sus. Sus. Cody told eric about this change and i guess they immediately switched it back but as a precaution they also took Corey off the policy entirely Hmm. probably one of the biggest red flags you can have in my estimation (laughs) you know perhaps Perhaps. You find out your spouse has been messing with your life insurance policy. I would say after everything that had happened up until that point, this might be the time finally to maybe leave her for your own safety, get the kids the hell out of there,
0: Yeah.
1: contact the authorities. But
0: the second anybody starts messing with like the life insurance, like that's when you know you got to go.
1: Yeah, Eric didn't do that, though. It seemed he was determined to make the marriage work. And remember, he was a member of the LDS church and had already been divorced once before. And from what I understand about the Mormon church, divorce is frowned upon big time, and that's putting it lightly. I'm guessing that because of his faith and the fact that he had already been married to Corey for nine years, they had three kids. Maybe he still thought, hey, I'm blowing this out of proportion. You know, I'm making mountains out of molehills here. Who knows? That being said, he had reportedly spoken to his sisters and close friends about everything that was going on. And he was finally. Considering getting a divorce, but he was still in the early stages, and it doesn't sound like he had even gotten a lawyer involved at the time of his death. He did, though, make another change by making his sister Katie his power of attorney. Again, he's doing this without Corey's knowledge, so she is not aware that he's made these changes. And Between December of 2021 and February of 2022, Corey allegedly, and according to court documents, had conversations with someone only known at this time as CL about acquiring some pretty powerful prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, she initially obtained hydrocodone, but later opted for something much stronger. She asked CL to get her what she dubbed as the Michael Jackson killer, otherwise known as fentanyl. Yeah. The
0: Michael Jackson killer. What the fuck?
1: It sounds like they obtained some text messages from her, and that's what she called it. Now, I don't have to tell you, fentanyl is widely regarded as the most powerful opioid medication on earth, mm-hmm. and it's been responsible for thousands of deaths each year here in the United States. It's fast becoming the latest epidemic in this country, yeah. and really anybody who's looking for it on the black mar- market has some explaining to do. And Corey allegedly spent around $900 on 15 to 30 pills of fentanyl. And just three days later, Valentine's Day 2022, she made dinner for herself and Eric. And I guess his dinner consisted of some sort of sandwich. Mm -hmm. And after he ate it, he became violently ill. So ill that he even made a phone call to his friend and partner Cody telling him of this. And I'm guessing that by this time, Cody was already super sus of Corey and was thinking, dude, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. You know, it got so bad that he had to use one of his son's EpiPens to counteract the drug that he had taken even though he didn't know what drug he had been poisoned with. Yeah. But he also took some Benadryl as well and then apparently passed out for a while. Later he confided to his sisters Katie and Amy that quote if anything happened and I die Corey is the killer. End quote. Well that's I mean pretty damning evidence against her against her right there, I would say. Yeah. And it's just sad because hindsight's twenty twenty. And it's like, again, my guy, I mean, we've always been a podcast that sides with the victims, and we always will be, but the writing's on the wall here, and I just wish that he would have gotten himself and his kids to safety at that point in time. But yeah. I think he was just an optimist and maybe that's a little naive but he was trying to work it out but when you're dealing with somebody like her who clearly A. she doesn't give a shit about you and B. she just wants your money and to off you
0: yeah which is so weird
1: yeah but it happens so often I know it's it's just crazy
0: it will never make sense to me
1: It's crazy to think of what lengths people will go to, you know, to get what they want. I mean, it reminds me of that case. God, what was that case not so long ago where it was one of your cases? The woman, it was an undercover cop that was in the car with her and.
0: Cynthia Guy.
1: Oh, Cynthia Guy. That's right.
0: She was going to hire a hitman to kill her husband.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, that's another example of just the planning that some of these people go through, and it's just crazy to think about. You know how their minds can take them. You know to those ends. It's like, do you not see that this probably isn't going to go out? You know, go well for you, but sadly. He didn't leave, and he I guess he went even farther trying to appease Corey by making an offer on that big mansion that they had been arguing about for months. And around this same time, Corey allegedly bought another $900 of fentanyl from CL. On March 4th, just a few days after this fentanyl purchase, Eric would be pronounced dead. Corey and Eric were celebrating closing on the mansion the night before. And according to Corey, around 9 p.m., she went to make him a Moscow mule, which is a drink that is typically made with vodka, ginger beer, and lime. I may have had one or two back in my day, and I can safely say that I never had one with fentanyl in it. Yep. Yeah. She gave him the drink. I guess she also gave him a THC gummy, which apparently helped him sleep at night. Mm -hmm. She later told investigators that in the middle of the night, her son woke up with a nightmare. So she went to lay in bed with him to calm him down for a while. She told investigators that when she went back to bed with Eric around 3 a.m., his body was cold and he wasn't breathing, so Corey called nine one one. Told the uh, dispatcher that she attempted CPR, but to no avail.
0: Mm.
1: Now, later when paramedics arrived, it did not look like it CPR had been administered, and there was actually blood coming out of his mouth, and. Because of his relatively young age, Eric's death was obviously investigated, and it was found that he had five times the amount of fatal fentanyl in his system at the time of his death. Five times.
0: That's a lot. And it really doesn't take much to kill a person either.
1: No. Well, in these days... Sometimes, like when you, when someone is trying to purchase another drug off the black market, sometimes a tiny amount of fentanyl can be laced in there Mm -hmm. and they die from just a very small amount. So, five times the amount that's fatal for you, I think that's probably going to kill you pretty quickly. And Corey was asked if Eric had a drug problem. And she told investigators that he was addicted to pain pills in high school, but she wasn't aware that he was on any kind of pain pills at the time. (laughs) Plus that's something that Eric's family vehemently denies to this day. I might add
0: that they would probably
1: know that he was addicted to pills in high school and she didn't even know him in high school. So I think she was, you know, Allegedly saying that to start to make the argument in investigators mind that maybe, you know, he had an issue with pain pills and drugs. Also, Corey reportedly had a gathering at her home the very next day. And I think initially this gathering was... Supposed to be I mean, I'm not sure if this has ever happened with your loved ones, but I know if sometimes in my family, if a loved one dies, everybody in the family kind of congregates together the next day or in the following days just to be around each other, you know, and that's what was going on initially. But during this gathering, she was seen drinking and celebrating that she and Eric had closed on the mansion. And not even really mentioning or mourning the sudden death of her husband of nine years. Apparently, Eric's sister, Katie, was also in attendance at this gathering. And she was like, oh, hell no. And went the fuck off on Corey. I'm sure... Yes, one does. Saying everything that she had been probably wanting to say to her for years. Yeah. Remember... Eric had been confiding to her about his suspicions of Corey. So she goes off and also gave Corey a bit of shock by revealing that, oh, yeah, guess what? You're no longer the beneficiary on Eric's life insurance policy, bitch. Mm -hmm. This enraged Corey. And apparently the two got in an all out brawl in the home and the cops had to eventually show up and break them apart. Oh my God. The day after he died. Now I can understand it from Katie's perspective. Yeah. She probably went there saying to herself, this woman killed my brother. Yeah. So I'm imagining that she had the intent of going off on her when she was driving over there. But Corey, when she found out that she had been taken off of Eric's life insurance policy, I guess she went into action and didn't want to lose out on this asset without a fight. She filed a claim against Eric and his sister saying that she had been defrauded of her right sourcing the agreement in the prenuptial contract that had been you know, up right before they were married yeah, and that they had both signed so she's suing for that and also suing his sister for an additional $300,000 in legal fees at the time of this recording to my knowledge this hasn't been sorted out yet by the way yeah despite the flare up between Corey and Eric's sister Katie Corey in the months that followed, carefully tried to cultivate an image of a grieving widow. She even put together an elaborate video, which she posted on her Facebook accounts. And it was kind of a slideshow of sorts set to one of Eric's favorite country music artists in the background. And Corey wrote, quote, life is just so damn hard without you here. End quote.
0: Okay, Corey.
1: So she was painting the picture. She was trying to give the public the perception that she was, you know, really taking this hard. Yeah. And also, according to Corey, to help her three boys cope with their father's death, she wrote them a children's book titled, Are You With Me? Now, I'm not sure if you've seen this book or not, but it features kind of a cartoonish drawing of Eric on the cover as an angel with wings watching his sons play soccer on the field below. She even dedicated the book to him saying, quote, dedicated to my amazing husband, and a wonderful father end quote." And up until very recently, this book was still available for purchase on Amazon, with customers praising Corey for her bravery and you know, helping other families handle grief. She was getting five-star reviews. But that book has since been taken down because just a few days ago, Corey Richens was arrested. For the murder of her husband, Eric, along with possession with the intent to distribute a dangerous substance. Mm -hmm. Thank God.
0: She fucked around and now she's finding out.
1: I was just going to say that. I had that money notes. Yeah. Fuck around and find out. That's what happens. You know, and then. To continue to try and profit off your husband's death by writing that children's book is just...
0: There are some depths people are just willing to go headfirst. Sink to...
1: Yeah.
0: You know the saying. You know the words.
1: No, I know what you mean.
0: You're picking up what I'm putting down.
1: I'm getting this vibe that you're throwing down, yeah. There's not a whole lot known about Corey's life before she met Eric, but clearly we don't have the full picture of who she was as a per- person here. Yeah. Because somebody doesn't all of the sudden become a person willing to commit murder like this. You know, maybe there was something in her past that happened. Maybe, you know, she had done things like this before, not gotten caught. I don't know. But I'm guessing it's going to come out in the trial here. And we'll definitely be covering that and probably be doing a uh, part two update as the trial commences here. I was kind of bummed out. I was going to read you some of the comments that were being left on the Amazon page, because a few days ago, I saw a few of those. And just like if you remember the Eric Mond case... The guy who was the um, the car dealership guy who hired the hitman, and then he left a a Google review for them, praising them for doing a great job. There were some pretty hilarious comments on here as well that um, you know just kind of uh, provide a little bit of levity. But um, now it says, "Sorry, we couldn't find this page." Something tells me that book isn't going to be up anytime soon. Or ever. Probably not. But there you go. First case back, and boys, it a doozy the uh, case of Eric Richens and his untimely death. What do you think?
0: I think it's a super boer. Like, you got to feel bad for the kid.
1: Yeah, he had three boys.
0: You know, like, their dad died, and now, like, it's all going to come out that, like, their mom fucking poisoned them, and then now she's going to be going to prison for the rest of her life. So they're kind of orphans.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure it wouldn't surprise me, you know, since Eric had kind of protected himself in case cory were to unalive him in terms of his assets if my guess is one of the sisters maybe has the kids now or oh, maybe one of the other family members i'm not entirely sure but not exactly easy to grow up and hear about this as you start to come of age i'm sure they're going to be hearing about this a lot as they get older and that tends to uh, mess you up a little bit,
0: a little bit.
1: So hopefully all goes well with the family and they certainly don't need anything more terrible to happen in their life. But this trial is going to be pretty crazy, I'm guessing. So we'll keep you guys posted on that on our podcast and also on our socials, Emily. Yes. Yeah. We still we still have socials, right? I'm not sure. It's been so long.
0: <laughs> we do. You can come hang out with us on Instagram at Unnatural We have a Facebook page, Unnatural a True Crime Podcast. And you can also send us a Gmail, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. Also, consider signing up for a Patreon page where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That's patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod.
1: I was going to ask you. I found that it's like a missing recording. You know how sometimes a band has this recording and you hear it years later or whatever? It's It almost feels like one of those because I recorded... An entire podcast before you were able to get your laptop back, and I hated it. It was terrible, <laughs> but I could put it on the Patreon to see what people think
0: about it. You could, you should probably.
1: <laughs> should I put it on there? You think?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh man, it's just weird. It, it it was weird doing it because you weren't there. Yeah, and I didn't get, I didn't get your little comments. You know, we didn't have the back and forth. We didn't have any outtakes. Just didn't feel right.
0: But we're back. now it
1: does. Everything feels right again. Everything is right in the world again.
0: Yes. Well, we are back, hopefully, to stay. And we will talk to you all next week. But in the meantime, be sure you make good choices. And
1: don't get got. Bye. say it with me oh <laughs> say it with me <laughs> i kn- look I, kn- I know you're a little rusty but come on <laughs> say it with me
0: sus sus am i i'm i'm just like listening and then i didn't
1: wait Am I like that teacher in high school right now where you're, like, looking at me and blinking, but you're not exactly...
0: I I think I just... I think anything? I dissociated there for a second. It's all right.
1: <laughs> okay, sus. Um,
0: okay, sus.
1: <laughs> a couple of weeks or so, I didn't even know that he was married previously. Oh. 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 I missed those Anyway I hadn't heard those for so long Emily Your sneezes Um, And just as a
0: (laughs) Don't look at me
1: (laughs) But Eric was Kind of conservative with his money He was pretty hesitant about this Five in a row Not bad Try and go for six next time
0: My record is 12
1: Wow Also, happy birthday
0: Yeah, it is my birthday today As we are recording
1: And Mother's Day, wow
0: Yeah, it's a special, special day I get a twofer this year
1: Yeah, shout out to all the mothers out there You think, uh, Lori Vallow Is having a happy Mother's Day?
0: No, she doesn't deserve to either
1: (laughs) Guilty of murdering her children and conspiring to kill her husband's first wife. I think we're going to have to cover that one. Yeah. Down the road, I have that maybe. on my list. Crazy case out of Idaho there, but... Have you heard about this one?
0: Yeah, didn't she poison him with, like, fentanyl? She wrote a children's book about grief.
1: Yeah, that's basically the story. <laughs> yeah. And it actually sold a shit ton of copies on Amazon, yeah. which is now pulled.
0: I did see that, too. I just saw something about that because she was arrested.
1: She was just arrested. Yeah. yeah. Like four days ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I was talking to my friend Lexi about it, and we were like, fuck, like she didn't even try to get away with it with like the life insurance.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, she tried. She just failed
0: it's like you've it's like she's never watched a true crime documentary ever and
1: he had and she didn't know that he had already been you know suspicious of her and telling her his family about her but anyway we'll get to that that.
0: we want people to get away with crimes but it's like
1: yeah it's like bro do you even crime
0: (laughs) yeah bro do you even crime (laughs)